Hello guys, uh, so welcome to the first podcast of, we don't even know because we haven't got a name. We'll come uh, up with one, we'll, we'll come up with one. We'll think of a good name, uh, sponsored by Nobody. So uh, if you want to jump on board and sponsor the first podcast, uh, do that. With me today, I've got uh, the CEO and founder of Swiss 8, Adrian Sutter, uh, and uh, Keegan Locke from ALK, uh, and he's our creative director. Uh, We're just gonna cover off through this podcast, we're gonna go through um, sort of why we're doing a podcast, uh, what we're all doing, and uh, just some of the steps through the current mental health issues that, that are around going to try and keep this as much of a conversation. We literally just tried to do this as a, uh, as a plank as fuck one-on-one uh, education series and turns out I wouldn't watch it, which means you guys aren't going to watch it either. It looked awkward. <laughs> it looked super awkward. So I suppose the first thing is uh, why we're doing the podcast. Are you asking me? Yeah. Um, well, I think like you just said, we, we try, we've got a bunch of stuff, like we've done a bunch of surveys and this is before going into what Swiss Aid is all about. Anyone who's following us has seen the surveys, they know that there's a few key topics that we want to go through and we wanted to originally build a YouTube like video series explaining all the things that people should go through when they're transitioning out. But we also have to realise that most of the stuff in the mental health space for veterans at the moment is done by people at a high level and they don't really acknowledge that that's not going to cut through and get across to the boys that actually need it. And then we started doing it, making these videos, and then we sit down and watch them and go, no one's watching that. None of the boys that we were in with give a shit about watching two idiots on camera talking about mental health when it's dry and it's like talking at people. So the point of the podcast, and it's not always going to be about mental health stuff. It's about, I mean, it's about everything in life. We want to talk to people who have transitioned out, either done really well or fucked up, thought they were going to be killing it, then got out and then weren't, went through the big downhill spiral, but got himself out of it. And I think that's the point of the podcast, is talking to people who have either found a hack to be killing it at life or gone the complete opposite direction, spiraled, into a rut, but then found their way out of it. And then we're gonna pass on all those tools so that the rest of the people out there listening can can figure it out as well. Which is kind of out of sequence. So are we gonna, should we intro everyone in the room? Yeah. Let's start with you, mate. It's your podcast, but let's start with you. <laughs> and then we'll start with me. Cheers for that, mate. Uh, who am I? Uh, most of you guys know me and the guys who don't. I was in the army for 17 years, so I'm not gonna do a real plank uh, conversation with that. I'm transitioning out soon, and uh, this is something that I'm invested in that we just sort of, without getting too dark about it all, we just got sick of seeing problems and we thought, well, we can actually come up with a solution. So uh, I come on board as the uh, Director for Veterans and Culture, uh, as uncultured as I am. (laughs) So, yeah. My turn? Yeah. Well, I'm Adrian Sutter. Um, uh, Me, I was X1RR with Max. Um, and Lockie, but obviously we didn't serve at the same time. And I got out, and I was one of those people that thought I was going to be good to go. Well, I got out real quick uh, for personal reasons. I, my sister died, and again, we're not going to go real dark, but that meant that I was in the army one day and out the next. Uh, jumped straight into business, which was good. It was a distraction, and I had something to, to spend all my time or focus all my time on. And then when I sold that, the businesses, 
the wheels just fell off and I started just going real dark real quick and it was like roller coastering up and down. And then I started to go, all right, there's reasons why I'm having shitty weeks, there's reasons why I'm having good weeks. And every time I caught up with the boys, we found out like that the, the same things were happening with everyone. I'm like, all right, let's let's put this shit together and teach the young blokes who are going through transitions at the moment so that they don't have to spend the first five years of their civvy life struggling. And then we can just teach people this shit up front, make it proactive, um, which we'll go into a lot more later. But and that's that's kind of why we started Swiss A. So yeah, Keegan, do you want to just uh, talk? Yeah, uh, Keegan Locke, I was serving in Warrow. Max was my platoon sergeant, so that's where the link is there. And then um, Adrian and Max hit me up because I had some media contacts to help them out, and then that's how I got involved with Swiss 8. It's a, something that I think is really good because my transition out was really fast, like yours. And um, I got out and didn't have a job and then just thought I was going to be killing it, like you said, pretty much the exact same thing, and fucked up and then... Got the wheels back on really well, and now I'm tracking pretty good. So yeah. you're right because what people do is they either uh, they either get out, think they're going to kill it with zero plan, and you see them they get back in the army twelve months later, and, yeah. just and I like, didn't want to be that dude. Yep. Because everyone, like you older guys, were like, "Don't be the guy that fucking like if you want to leave, leave. Don't be the guy that fucking pussyfoots around and comes back. Yep. Mm. You get stuck. Which they just sort of quit, hey, because you're like, well, I didn't make it on the outside, not because you can't, but because you didn't think of any other actual mm. uh, a pathway to do it, and yeah. then you get back in, you're like, you just resign yourself to be. Which I'm sure some dudes do, which is a good thing. Like, I'm sure getting back in isn't a fucking terrible thing for everyone. No, no. Like some dudes really, obviously like like it. Well, yes and no. Like, I think. That's one of the things that we need to cover off on down the track is a lot of people just identify themselves as a soldier or uh, and then some of them you get out and you identify yourself as a veteran. But if, you, if you're clinging on to that identity as being a soldier, you get out no matter what you do. You get a job anywhere and it could be the, the dream job for you, but you're always clinging on to that identity as a soldier. So you never find happiness again. And you're like, the only time I remember being in a super positive headspace was when I was with the boys in the army. So I've got to get back in. And then you get back in and they've all moved on. And you're like, yeah, right now I'm in the army with no mates Again. and this is not what I remembered it to be yep so yeah you almost become like a it's like a you're a wild brumby and then you, you get out and you're like yeah I'm going to kill it and you get back in and then you just become that old trail mare that doesn't matter how, <laughs> doesn't matter how hard you kick it it knows the trail and it's, yeah. it's like I'm not going any yeah. faster yeah 100% <laughs> no uh, so I mean it's super informal um this is my first podcast. It's exciting for me to be able to do this. So uh, we'll just see if we can take it from here. Obviously, you see that the, all the lighting and stuff. It's real professional, <laughs> real professional production. Mate, we, we could have been doing this on an iPhone. But <laughs> we've revved it up a little bit. Right. Uh, I guess what I, I, I want to cover off so that we can keep some structure in, in there is uh, the current mental health model. And, and where we're at, and I guess that ties into what you were talking about before, is in, so why we're doing it, and that is because we found that obviously there's some flaws in the current mental health model, or I don't think mental health is the right terminology. Everyone has mental health, but it's good or bad. Mm. Poor mental health, so. Yeah, so I, I call it the mental health care model. So um, at the moment, everybody, like you said, everyone's got mental health. Um, but the model of care that the Western world kind of sticks to is the reactive model. And that is, wait till someone's mental health breaks down, whatever reason that may be, it's gonna go slowly spiraling, bad, 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 worse. 
until they're almost broken, almost on a ledge, about to go, all right, I'm so depressed, there's no way out, I'm gonna just end it. And then we hope that they put their hand up because all of the methods out there at the moment are like, you gotta talk, you gotta talk, put your hand up when you need help. But that will, firstly, that, that model says that a really depressed person is going to put their hand up and ask for help. And as we all know, like we've been to enough funerals, that's not how depressed people think. And then the next thing is, if they do put their hand up to help, we have to hope that someone gets to them in time and that that person who gets to them in time is trained to deal with someone who's got bad yeah, mental health. Because it's, if it's your mom or your dad or your, or your missus or whatever, and they're the first person that you reach out to, it's super they don't know what to do. And they're like, oh, you got a mental health problem. And they're just like, fade away. Pat on the back. What do I do next? And then, so we hope that when your mental health declines that you put your hand up. We hope that the person that you put your hand up to knows what to do. And then when we get you eventually to a clinician, we hope that they can understand your issues, which we, again, we all know that with veterans, mental health issues aren't readily understood by a lot of clinicians out there. So essentially the current reactive model is built on hope. Yeah. And a hope-based healthcare model is a pretty shitty model. So, I guess that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get yeah, these. Yeah, right, because currently they've got the, it's the phone call, the talk you down from the ledge option, yeah. which is the acute mental health. You're already in a complete hole. And then here's someone. The, here's the emergency hotline. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you preach to. Which, I mean, let, let's, be, let's be fair, because there's nothing else out there, we don't want to rag that shit out too much because yeah. that's needed. Like, yeah. Because yeah. there is nothing else at the moment. There's nothing else. But, I mean, all right, before we go into the proactive model, let's, let's look at what happened um, just recently, I mean, I've only had to, to dive into this whole current mental health model uh, acutely just recently when one of the boys kind of needed emergency care and we started making the phone calls. We had all the phone numbers. We start ringing people, trying to find out who we can get to, in this current system, who we can get to go and oversee this dude. And we had to ring, I'm not gonna name names, we had to ring the, the primary option for veterans uh, who could only speak to the person. Yes. And as we just talked about, if someone's super depressed and they're not reaching out, they're not, make, they're not calling 1-800 numbers. Like, it's, it's people, it's the boys around them that are like, we've been through this right, shit before. you can't do it because you're not next to kin. Not allowed, because I'm not next to kin. So we've got, a, they, they pass us on to a few other numbers and there's other services out there, especially for veterans. And so we, we chase those avenues up and those avenues redirect us back to the first one. And we're like, we've already been there. What's what else can we do? And it becomes this, this spiral of buck passing and nobody really knows. So the only way, we've got a reactive model, yet the reaction, oh, we can't answer that on, on camera. <laughs> we've got a reactive model, yet the only reaction, no one has a standard format for. No. So, I mean, and, then, and that's something we want to work on after this podcast. So in the next couple down the track, we, we're going to be talking to uh, the primary agencies, like we, we hopefully we'll talk to some people from Open Arms, we'll talk to some people from DVA, because there is shit in the pipeline. Like there is, they're, they're trying to fix this yeah. problem. It's just a big problem to fix if you're sticking to the reactive mental health care model. So I guess that segues us back to like, what we're trying to do with Swiss Aid is build a toolkit that we can give to people before they start to spiral downhill. As soon as they get out, or even before they get out of the military, and for, for civvies out there, this stuff works for everybody. It's when you're in a good head space and you're, you're just cruising, you wanna use, start implementing these tools in your life so that 
your mental health can be maintained or, or get even better. Right, so like, so like you could go to a psychologist, even if like you're, you're tracking, okay, you're good to go. You go to a psychologist just once a month and be like, hey, maintenance. this is what's going on. Yeah, maintenance, maintenance. And that analogy you brought up last night, you'll have to, I'm gonna butcher it, the, the, about getting your car serviced. Yeah, so uh, I guess it's that, it's, everyone likes analogies and then, you, so you, you get your new car and you're like, no, nah, it's good to go, I'm sweet and I'm just gonna keep driving it, I'm gonna drive it into the ground, I'm not gonna change the oil filter, I'm not gonna change the car, I'm not gonna service it. And then uh, eventually what happens is, five years down the track, your car's completely cooked, you take it to the mechanic and they're like, yeah, mate, it's done. You've got to get a new brain. one. It's a new one. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't get a new brain and you can't nah. get a new personality, so. Uh, well, you can so, try. <laughs> <laughs> just get heaps of them. So the, I guess that, you know, you, the maintenance is the key and, and go and speak to people who know. Uh, sports people do it all the time. I guess if you, can, if you can break the stigma and go, hey, like sport, people who are having trouble, like tennis players, go and see sports psychologists to get through a rut. If you're in a particular problem in your life, go and see a shrink before it gets out of yeah. control. Yeah, to a point where you can't actually stop it. Yeah. yeah. What you said last night stuck with me with the whole, um, I'm probably going to butcher it as well, with the uh, militaries overseas that have um, not a preventative. They have a preventative rather than... We're talking about East, Eastern yeah. versus Western. Yeah, that's. I think that's a, that's a cultural thing. So the Western culture is all about... I mean, especially with, with, with military, Western militaries are all about being the biggest, baddest dudes on the planet. Um, and that flows into the culture of all the stigma around mental health. You're an alpha male, you're not allowed to talk about emotions, you're not allowed to talk about it because you are the biggest, baddest dude on the planet. And we think that we have to be that way so that we can kind of train our brain to go and do things that we didn't want to do as kids, and that is potentially kill people. Um, go and fight wars, do all the stuff that, that, that you have to do in war. But there is another model, and that's like the, the, the Eastern model has been around forever with like ninjas. They are highly spiritual. They meditate all the time. They're mental, they're, they're super conscious of their mental health. When the time comes that they have to flip the switch and go, go to war and, and do the bad things that you've got to do at war, they still, be, they, they still do it, yet they come straight back into that spiritual calm mind, calm body kind of, um, headspace and, and it, it seems to work a lot better. So is that like a, a societal thing where, so like you go to school and you get to learn like, I, I learned long division, algebra, all these things that are super useful for me right now. Not saying they're not useful for some people, <laughs> I'm not saying get rid of long division in school. Yeah. But is it, can you not put extra things in school? So social Well, let's be honest, mate, I haven't used long division since I learned <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, besides you got it on your phone anyway, so. Yeah, you got a calculator. Um, so can you not put that, some form of, this mental health stuff needs to start from, uh, obviously it can't, but the preventative side can start all the way from childhood. Because it's not just a, a veteran problem, it's emergency services, it's uh, nurses, doctors, like it just seems like a, an epidemic in the Western world. Oh, it is. it is, it's an epidemic, it's out of control. The suicide numbers, mental health like decline or mental problem numbers, are just going up and up and up. So we're fucking doing something wrong. Like we're obviously- As a like, society, we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Something needs to change. What that is, no one's put their finger on it yet, but I think what we're trying to do is a bloody easy and good way to start. And it's build healthy habits into a routine in your lifestyle that have all been proven to increase your mental health. And that's a start, like that, that's the baseline. And I think if you have that, like if you've fucking got a routine and you've got a system, if you do for, I'm not saying that, so I, if you follow the Swiss A principles, 
you know, you're always going to be fine. You're never going to fall off the bandwagon because you meditate 10 times a day, uh, yeah. 10 minutes a day. But if you, if you go through a rough spot and you do fall off the bandwagon and you do go down that acute path, then maybe if you've got these systems in your life and these toolboxes to get back on track. Mm. Well, that's the easier. point. That's the point. The point is, I mean, there's a few things. We'll go over them in a second. But the point is that there's a bunch of reasons that are going to trigger you to have a downhill slide. Um, and I'll, I'll run through them real quickly now. Like when you, when you don't have a tribe around you, when you've got no, when you're isolated or you've got no family, no friends, no tribe, um, that's a trigger when you yeah, lose so your identity. That's a, who, that's a good book, isn't it? Sebastian Junger, yeah. Sebastian Junger. That's a sick book. Um, if you lose your identity, if you lose your purpose, if you have a relationship breakdown, these are all the kind of things that are going to make you, they're a trigger to go get super depressed or super anxious and it just spirals down and, and, and out. And so, I mean, I'll jump straight into it. So the, the one thing in, we, we call it the trip, what, what do, oh, anyway, I'm, acronym. acronym, that's the one. I've been in the army, I should know. That's the one word I always lose. But <laughs> trips, tribe, routine, identity, purpose, right? And they're the four things that the military gives you. They give you, they, they, they recruit. I mean, you look at the, the life cycle of, of recruiting, service, discharge as a veteran. Like if that's the full life cycle, the military recruits people, actively recruits people that don't have a tribe. Yeah. Um, whether it's conscious or, or not. Or the army is attractive to people. Yeah, yeah. Whether, whether it's them looking for those type of people or whether it's just what the, the type of people that come in. But if you don't have a solid family structure, if you don't have a tribe around you, the military looks sexy as fuck because, like, that's family. I'm going to have brothers and it's going to be tight. And then it gives you routine. It tells you where you got to be, what time you got to wake up, when you're training, when you're eating. It gives you structure in your life and it gives you identity. Like, everybody in the army, everybody in the army refers to themselves as a soldier. Um, and I, I haven't had this conversation. Even, even section of it, so you are 1-1 Delta. Yeah. You are 3 platoon in 1, you're 1-1 Delta in 3 platoon yeah. in Alpha Company. That's you know? not what you are, that's, that's who, who you, you are. are, exactly. And it gives you purpose. Like there is no greater purpose than putting yourself in harm's way to defend other people. And, and so the, the military gives you all four of those things. And when you get out, you lose them all again. So, and obviously losing one of them is going to cause people problems. You lose all four of them, good luck. Yeah. So, basically... And then you get a phone number to call. And then you get a phone number. You lose all four of the key things that are keeping you together. You take them all away and you're like, all right, go out, good luck. We're not going to give you any transition training. Just have fun. And it all falls apart and you want to kill yourself. And they're like... Just call this or number, we'll get mate. get your job as a barista. Like, we'll, we'll pay you to do a course as a barista because that's really fulfilling. Like, I'm going to go and pull some sick coffee. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know. You know, like, uh, or you can go and be a scuba diving instructor or, you know, yeah. zero purpose. Well, I mean, the jobs is a big space at the moment. I think that's something they're starting to work on and focus going, all right, purpose is a big problem. Let's find people jobs. That's a good start. I mean, it's, you've got to start somewhere. But I guess where we're coming from is if, if you're going to lose those four things, the minute you step out of the military... Let's teach people before they get out that routine is something they need to lock down. So that when, and we'll go into it in a second, um, but I mean, the app that we've built is trying to, to identify how to bring, bring tribe, routine, identity, and purpose back all in one. But routine's obviously the focus of what we're trying to do. And the reason being is that if you do, if, if something, you have a relationship breakdown or you have an identity crisis, um, and everything else seems to be falling apart, but you've kept that strong, stable routine. You're training every day, you're eating every day, 
properly uh, at a set time, you're meditating, hopefully, you're sleeping properly, set times, you're going to bed, set times you're waking up. That's one thing in your life that's got structure that you can cling on to so that when everything else falls apart, you're like, that is the one bit that's stable. And then obviously there's, there's a bunch of other ways that the app ties in the tribe and, and identity and stuff that we can jump into that down the track. But that's what we're trying to do. Give people a routine to cling to. I don't think that's like, that's really important. Getting out of defence, uh, and now like even for me, when I went, walked in the RSM's office the other day, and I was like, uh, I'm, I'm looking at at leaving, and then I was like, yeah, it's fine. And then I got in the car afterwards, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, because like, you got in when you were 17. 17 years old. I've literally been an, a soldier as long as I've been alive, and I'm like, yeah. And I'm not trying to identify as I'm a soldier and I can do nothing else, but when you start going through that institutionalised shit. Yeah. Like so, like going from school straight to the army, yeah. it's institution after institution, and you get out, and you're like, "There's no one going to catch." You. Like That's as an OR, was. you can fuck up in the army. You get charged, and you'll go back to your platoon. Yeah. You fuck up in civilry, uh, you're fired. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the ownership's on you, hey. Like, and that's like, as soon as I got out, that's like the job that I got. I was just sacking dudes left, right, and center, and I was like, <laughs> "Seen this ever? Yeah. <laughs> this is fucked. Yeah. Like, you got fired. Like, yeah." yeah. And I guess that's why we, I mean, I don't know how far this is going to go. How, how, we'll, we'll just keep pushing and whether or not we get through to Canberra to, to go, this is not just a veterans affairs problem. This is like a defence, not a problem, but something they need to acknowledge and go, there's a lot of the root problems that we've got here is because of the way we attract people in, um, the fact that we're getting dudes that were 17 years old, they'd been mum and dad's problem, pr school principal's problem, now your Sergeant John O's problem or your Corporal whatever his name is problem. And not saying everyone's a problem, but mum and dad are giving you uh, your, your structure in your life. School's giving you structure in your life. Now the army is. Now if you get out as what, 35, 34 years old, you're gonna be good to go because you, you've identified this stuff. But if, if, if you hadn't, you've been in the system the, your whole life and now go and fend for yourself. Yeah. Good luck, yeah. mate, good luck. But then, and then what happens is uh, you get, like, so I don't know, and, and I'll keep this posted as we go through. Um, I'll take, give you updates on the transition process, and I think it'll be a good learning curve for everyone. But then you get, so you, you go to the transition seminars and you're getting spoken to by people who've never transitioned, mm. telling you how it's going to be, and you're like, well, have you got out, mate? Oh, my, yeah. they tried to teach me how to get a Medicare card. <laughs> but that was my teaching point. Yeah. Like, like, and again, like I don't, I don't want to pretend I'm the nicest guy in the room. Like we have to give credit to the people that are in these positions because they're just getting told, "Hey, you've got to go and run this transition seminar." I've got no toolkit for you. I don't know. You've never done it, so you've got no lived experience. Just go and run it. And they're just doing their job, right? And and the people above them are probably getting orders coming down from the top, going, "You've got to get someone in a position to they're run trying. a transition." Like, I'm not like this isn't shit talking. They're not no. trying. Yeah. No. The problem. They're pro a fucking red hot crack. Exactly. But the problem that I think is they're looking for high-level solutions to problems that are with the dudes on the coalface and no one's asking them, what's going on? What do you want to see in transitions? What are your issues when you get out? Like, no one's asking the diggers that went through... Yeah, right, because once they're out, defence is like, now you're a DVA's problem or now you're... So once the transition, there is nothing for them. Yeah. There's no, like, how was your transition process... 
is that there's not like reports six months down the track. They don't even know where they are, do they? Do they know where veterans are? No, they didn't. No. Census recently, didn't they? They, they, they tried. They, yeah, so a survey in 2016 deviated a survey, which was kind of like a census thing to find out all the issues, where people were. But let's be honest, like veterans weren't filling it out. No. Um, I, I was already out. I was, I was a choco by the time that that survey came around. And when it came out, the only diggers that did it were the newest ones because their platoon sergeant pulled them aside and said, you will do this tonight. And they, I mean, what information are they going to put in? They've been a reservist for a month and a half. Everybody else is like, I know how to dodge that bullet. And they just go and pretend they're doing something else and don't do the survey yeah. that night. And so the dudes that actually have information to pass on aren't filling this stuff out. And the only, like, you can't make people do it. The only way to do it is to make it sexy on the user end. So... If you're going to ask questions of you and you need feedback from young diggers, get another young digger to ask the questions because then his mates are going to respond to him or get someone who is in that network to talk to the people that their peers and then you're good to go. I don't think we're ever going to see a successful solution that comes down from general level with like this going, you will do this and that's how you fix yourself. No diggers paying attention. No, it's got to be OIs come up with OI solutions. I think uh, uh, Justin Huggett, he's got some good, he's quite a vocal sort of person and, and he, he's, uh, hopefully we can get him on the show uh, down the track. Uh, he's a MG recipient uh, and a really good guy, really fiery guy, got some strong beliefs, um, but he's, uh, he's very OIs fix OIs problems and, yeah. and it's got to be a grassroots bottom up approach. Yeah. And again, I'm going to play nice guy again. Let's be honest. There's there's a high percentage of ORs that are just whingers that have got they like we love to complain without actually putting positive ideas forward. So to 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 assume that everything's going to be fixed by just asking all the ORs, no, it's not. But someone's got to ask a bunch of ORs and then filter it up, cut out the complaining, pass up the positive options of how we can like progress things and make things yeah, better like i mean there was some ridiculous like uh the survey we did wasn't there some a couple of weeks ago weeks ago there was, Dom, there was we, we got a good response we for for a bunch of like ors trying to do a survey we got a lot of people giving feedback i think they got some massive traction they got some real good traction. they got good traction because we i mean unfortunately we had to ask the hard questions we had to ask the questions that make you get upset and think about all the bad shit that you've had to deal with but we asked a bunch of questions and we got, and I mean, the way we pushed it out was complaining's easy. Let's stop complaining and start putting forward some solutions. And the high majority of people cut the bullshit and they said, this is what's happened to me. This is how it could have been done better. And that's perfect. Yes, we got a f still a, a, a few big whingy rants um, and they're needed too. We needed to go, all right, that's, there's, there's people out there that care about this stuff, but a whinge or a big rant is only going to be picked up if you've got a solution, a solution or an alternative yeah, at the end of it. So that's what we need to focus on. We need to focus on what are the problems, but don't just give us problems. Give us potential solutions and we'll try and work on it. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of stuff getting coined around about post-traumatic growth or just uh, jobs is the big one, getting purpose in life and not just getting out of the army, getting a, comp a massive payout, Sitting on... Sitting oh, mate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like Mental health payouts. Everybody out there that... I mean, everybody's like... Oh, you put your DVA paperwork through. If you got... I mean, a lot of people need DVA assistance, right? That's cool. That's good to go. But a system that goes, right, you've got a serious mental health problem. You've admitted to having a drug and alcohol problem, which a lot of guys with veterans with mental yeah, health problems yeah. have got. 
And then the, the, the cookie cutter response is you're entitled to 100 grand, 200 grand, whatever it is, lump sum payout. What are, you, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? 100 grand and a drug problem. They're going to be like, all right, I've got 100 grand in the bank now. Am I going to go and buy drugs and alcohol? No, nah, not a chance. We're going to go and get a kale smoothie. Bullshit. They're going to go <laughs> straight and pump it all on drugs and they'll be dead within a month. So I know there's a lot, there's, there's thousands of veterans out there right now screaming for a, a royal commission. Um, personally, I'm not a fan of the idea of spending 100 million bucks on, on letting people decide for us what, what needs to happen when we don't really know. Do you need to change that battery? Yeah, it's time. That's cool. That we'll, we'll hold it out for a second. Um, I'd prefer to look at anyone with a mental health issue, make sure they're seeing psychs, make sure there's a case for them to have a proper mental health plan that gets them back into, into good shape. If, like, if you've got to go on a pension, of course, that's a, that's a good option, but a lump sum payout for anyone with a mental health issue, I just, I'm not sure. Some, I need convincing for someone to, to make me believe that that's a good idea. It could be, and then, I mean, there can be uh, some avenues to open up a dialogue to, to prove you're wrong or prove anything. Oh, 100%. You know I mean? you know, yeah, like yeah. An actual open dialogue where we can have differences of opinion and, and not just jump on it in and whinge. And that's, I mean, that's exactly what we want to be. Like, so for the people that haven't, haven't heard of, of, of who we are and what Swiss State's all about, we do have some stuff that we want to push to, to Canberra and we want to get see some changes made. But if you're out there and you're looking at what we're doing and you're like, that's never going to work for me, we want to know about it. Because yep. we've got to keep this shit scientific and we've got to make sure that if, just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. I mean, that's why like, when the app's tested and it's ready to roll, Newcastle Uni's going to do studies on it to prove it as an intervention for adjustment disorder. Because um, everything's got to be backed by science. Like, We've been, and we, we, we've said this from day one, we've been to enough funerals, this is not a gimmicky thing where we're just trying to make a bunch of cash. And that's like, that's, that's not for any other reason than we have to give this to our mates and say, this shit's gonna work. And put your hand on and be like- Hand in your heart, and yeah, and we, we can't bullshit people. So. Yeah. And so we're talking about, we, we spoke about that, that current model and where it's sort of going wrong. I wanna talk, so the, the mental health gates uh, and sort of, this is gonna go through podcasts and streamed out, which I'm, every, the next five weeks. We'll filter, oh, so yeah, when the podcast finish, I mean, we'll see, we might play it back and be like, right, we all sound like fucking idiots, let's just not let anyone see that ever. Hopefully that's not the case. So we put this podcast online or on, on YouTube and then we'll break down all the key points. If, if, there's a, if there's a two minute bite that's like super useful to people, then we'll put it out through like Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Which hopefully is the case by the end of it. But before we move forward, am I the only one having a beer? No, yeah. Like can we just explain to people that this is Friday Arbor and we're not having beers because we, just drink beers all the time. It's Monday lunchtime. It's, full of <laughs> <laughs> it's ten o'clock. It's ten o'clock Monday morning. Nah, we. I mean, like like we said at the start, we tried doing this as an educational video, and then we're like, nah, <laughs> it's it's, no terrible. one wants to listen to that. So we started. We had a beer. It's Friday Arbor, and we're like, let's just turn the cameras on and see if we can actually talk properly and get people to understand what we're trying to do. So we'll jump back into what you're saying, mate. Which was mental health gates. Yeah, so uh, the mental health gates post transition, what you're gonna, so it's kind of like a, a, a look through the doorway, as in some of the gates that could or will happen to you. So it's not like, 
I don't want to turn transitions into this big scary thing where you're like, hey, well, I'm going to get out of the army and I'm going to be dead in four years. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Or I'm going, to get, I'm going to get out of the army and I'll be back. It's not doom and gloom. Yeah. But it's, unfortunately, at the moment, it's the opposite. It's like, it's, there is no, there's not enough doom and gloom in people's mentality. They're like, I'm going to get out of the army and without making a plan, without knowing what's ahead of me, without even looking at a job, I'm just going to be killing it. Mm -hmm. Just because. And yeah, that, I'll, I'll, and I'll that, kill it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, what's going to happen? Like, oh, I'll just improvise, adapt, and overcome, mate. I'll go be a like, no, no, that doesn't, that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work. And maybe you will for a year or two. Maybe you go and set up a personal training business, and you make a bunch of money in a year or two, and if it keeps going, you nailed it. Congratulations, that's fantastic. Um, but statistically, you're going to make it about a year, year and a half, and then you can't pay your bills because you don't have enough clients, and you haven't built a plan for how you're actually going to structure this thing properly and when you run out of money your mental health was good moderate starts to spiral down your business shuts it gets even worse you get depressed you don't want to tell anyone because then you're an alpha male and you've got to tell all your mates you failed in business and then you're super depressed and you start thinking uh, is life actually worth living or should i just punch out and that's a real thing. Like um, that obviously sounded like I, did, I don't know anyone that's been <laughs> in that exact situation. Like it sounded like it was a real person. But that's like generally what 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 happens with a lot of people. They think they've got a plan, or they don't care about making a plan. They get out, something happens, wheels fall off. What do I do next? I've got no tools. Toolkit's empty. And I think that's probably set up. So um, like a lot of officers sort of get out, and they have a plan. They're structured. They've gone through, um, so it's kind of like they get taught in the army, like you are the boss, you are in charge, you will succeed, you are good. Yeah. Whereas diggers are subservient, you are a piece of shit. Yeah. These are your team. Listen and do. Listen and do. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, it's up to you now. And they're like, yeah, I'll bang it. I'll fucking, I did it in the army. And then they go, they're like, ah. No, I didn't. No, I did not. Yeah. Right, so, so what are the gates that we sort of... Um, well, the ones, all right, so I'll, I'll go through my lived experience, right? The, the, the first gate, I didn't hit the first gate because I jumped straight into business and was super distracted for three years. But the first gate, like adjustment disorder is by the book, zero to six months. And that's failure to adjust to a new, anything, new environment, new lifestyle, which is kind of, all of the above for, with, with, with veterans. Yeah, it's not just for veterans. Like adjustment disorder, if you change jobs, and this, so this is a change super- Change offices in your job. Change, your yeah, yeah, you move away from your people. Failure to adjust, right? And this is why, all right, quick side note, this is why like all of the stuff that is happening with veterans at the moment is there's, there's crossover to civilians oh, everywhere. so relevant, relevant. And it's gonna get worse for, for civvies in any job where robotics and automation can take your job. Like, I don't want to just put a doom and gloom over the world, but if you're in finance and accounting or anything that's algorithm-based, Wall Street's run by computers now. So it's only a matter of time. They reckon ten, two decades until all of the number crunching jobs are done by computers. All of the transport jobs are done by AI cars self or self-driving yeah. cars. AI and robotics is going to take down entire industries. And that means if you've been a truckie for the last 30 years, 
unless you retire at 50 or whatever and, and get out of the way quick enough, you're gonna be out of job and you're gonna be out of a job at an age where you really, really don't want to be retraining. So what, what jobs are, if, if, if robotics take over, so, so some of the like driving, um, algorithm, computing, um, manufacturing, what does that leave, arts and creativity? So they leave, they leave arts and creativity and it, I mean, well, it depends how far down the rabbit hole you wanna go. They've, they've already got computer, like machine learning algorithms or, or, or computers that can identify the notes and the timing, the combination of notes that trigger human emotion, so they can just restructure music. And then what do you do? <laughs> Who knows, mate? I, I, I don't know what the answer is for finding new jobs for people. I know that there is going to be, in the next 10 to 20 years, there's gonna be an adjustment disorder crisis. And if there's not, um, if, if someone finds a way to, to divert the course of history, that's fantastic. But I think if we bury our head in the sand and go, no, 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 it'll figure itself out, we're setting ourselves up for a major disaster. And so people need to be prepared for ways to, well, from, from our end, ways yeah, to maintain and improve your mental health. And that, so you, you, you develop resilience and you develop all the tools you need so that when time comes, when something in your life falls apart, you don't fall apart with it. Like you can restructure and go again. And that's what we're working on. But back to the mental health gate. So zero to six months is, is adjustment disorder and that's the way they're looking at it clinically. Um, I mean, that's not an exact science. It's not like six months and one day, you, know, you pass the gate, you're all good. But it's in, in that first small amount of time, you're gonna struggle to adjust if you don't have anything else going on. Um, now for me, it was more like the, the six months to three years is almost like the next bracket and that was when I was good for Because you jumped straight out, straight into business, really, didn't you? Like, you yeah. running businesses busy, didn't really have time to be like, I ain't got time to deal with this shit. I'm I didn't have time to do anything, it. yeah. And I had no, I was working, I mean, I got first in a hospital, like, bought a restaurant, right? So I was like, working Monday to Sunday, seven days a week, like, all day, every day, just working. Wasn't getting paid most of the time, because um, that's the reality of restaurants. Um, but I was so busy that I just didn't give a shit about anything else. Like I didn't have time to think how I was feeling or, or, or whether I was doing well in life. Um, but it also gave me purpose, right? So my, my, at the time, like I look back at it and my identity still was, I, I used to be a soldier. If anyone asked me, who are you? What do you do? I'm like, oh, well, I used to be in the army. Yeah, what, what do you do now? Nah, no, not on my business owner. I'm, I'm, I didn't even use the word veteran until about three or four years out. Uh, and I think that was that's a whole nother story for another day about our generation not really understanding that we were veterans, even though we went to war and or joined the army, did whatever. Um, I was like, I used to be a soldier. That was me. I'm like, oh, you've actually run this business now. But yeah, and it wasn't until after, like I ran it, I had two. And then after we got rid of both of them, um, for a whole bunch of reasons. The first one we just sold, the second one we got flooded, which was super fun. Um, but when, when I got rid of them all, then I had nothing to focus. I had no reason to get out of bed. I didn't have a strong routine. I didn't have any identity anymore because I was like, all right, I'm not a soldier anymore. That was three and a half, nearly four years ago. And I definitely didn't have a purpose because the businesses were gone. What, like, what was stopping me just sleeping in till lunchtime? Absolutely nothing. Nothing, I had no reason to get out of bed. And it wasn't, I, I, I knew at the time, like I needed to find purpose, but I didn't identify the whole tribal thing until, it, was, it wasn't until I read Sebastian Jung's book. I'm like, that dude just nailed every single thing that's been playing on my mind. I think that's one of the, that book is, is doing the rounds, it's really getting around, it's somewhat that, that 
uh, guys can do. I don't read books. I didn't read his book, but I got it on uh, on audio books. Yeah, on Audible. I think that's some of the book, like, What's the book called? Because I type it in. We can put it in the. It's just called Tribe. Tribe. Because we can put that in the link. Yeah. If anyone hasn't read it, whether you're still in or you've never been in or you're a veteran that's been out for 60 years, everybody should be reading that book. So you've been trying to work out your, your, your social status in, in the workplace and, and where that's and how the, that dynamic works. And mm. um, and it takes me, into, I want to like go into work in the morning and listen to like Pricey on in the towns of Radio. Like was, his voice goes through me. Um, but. Uh, so instead of doing that, I thought, well, let's do some personal growth stuff. Yeah. She listen, like, I'll do some stuff that's interesting to me and listen to some audiobooks. And as soon as you make the click and go, I'm just going to audiobooks, no worries, hands free. And you start learning these things. Uh, I just think it's one of those, like, if you see a, a person walking down the street and they're a little bit overweight, you can tell they don't train, right? Yeah. Or you can tell they're not eating healthy, or you can tell, like, they're not doing stuff. And it's apparent to them and it's apparent to you. And if, but if you're doing everything right and you're in shape, you're doing functional fitness, you're stretching, it's apparent to you and everyone else around you. Yeah. If you're not doing some of the some of the pillars of, of, of Swiss aid or just general good mental health, you can't see it unless you're a cat lady in your room scratching. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You can't see it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and I mean, so that's what, that, that's what we, I guess we should explain what the, what the eight pillars of Swiss aid are. Um, and the first four are all about building routine and it is fitness, nutrition, mindfulness and sleep. Like they're the first four that we try and encourage people to do. They're the ones that are scientifically proven to get your mental health like back into a positive space, reduce anxiety, reduce depression, build a routine around that stuff. But it's the second four that make you better at life. And that is, that's like personal growth stuff, like you said. Why are you driving to work? If it's half an hour there, half an hour back, that's an hour out of your day. That's five hours out of your week that you're listening to ads and subconscious reprogramming to make you want the, to buy the shit. modern songs, it's, I mean, I'm not old, man. I love songs, I love bangers, <laughs> it's good to go. But when I'm coming to work in the morning, sometimes I'm like, what am I fucking listening Yeah, so why are you not spending that time listening to podcasts, listening to an audio book, learning some new things, listen, like books on tape about learning new languages, whatever. It's an hour, five hours a week that you could be getting shit done. And the biggest excuse for everybody, why they don't do like personal growth things is, oh, I don't have time. I'm like, no, 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 no. you're just not using your time. Yeah. So the next one, the next the next pillar we try and get people around is, is time management. And that obviously flows on from the last one. But that's just about picking the times in your day when you're gonna allocate to work, you're gonna allocate to X, Y, Z task, and then cutting out procrastination and cutting out just f the fuck around, like wasting time on social media, Scrolling, like most people now, they get a pop up saying, You spent seven hours last week on your it's phone. On your screen time, yeah. mate. Like, you've spent seven hours on your phone. I'm like, You let you open it and scroll across. What have you got? Have you got, what do you got, Lucky? Today's one hour. That's because we've been busy. We've been working on day on, yeah, on Average, social media. Three, average. And where's the time on? Like, see, I mean, even your shock, like, you know this shit, and even you look at it and you're like, oh, That's an hour of my day. Like, well, two hours, we feel like we've been flat out all day. So, yeah. two hours, I'm like, Where the fuck did that come from? Yep. And then you go through like... You extrapolate that through a week. Oh man. Through then a, a month, through a year. <laughs> yeah. and you're wasting like a month of your life on Facebook. Just numbing. L liking cat videos. Like, and yeah. Other bits are funny, but... Watching, looking at photos of chicks wearing yoga pants and that's not a, that's not a valuable use of your time. Like, it's not bad. It's good for five minutes a day, but come on. 
So we're so personal growth, time management, minimalism's a big one. I, I love minimalism. Like um, the Western world puts so much value on on the shit that you on buy, stuff, hey, on, on the stuff that you buy, and you got to go and work longer hours and longer days so that you can buy the bigger house, buy the bigger car, and you, all you're doing is going and money for, for spending trading time for stuff. For, well, you, yeah, for, so you're well, you're not. It's not even time. It's it's your health because we've identified no one's got time to train, no one's got time to read books. So you're essentially going, all right, I'm going to spend an extra five hours a day at work so that I can save money and buy that new car. But it's not just five hours out of your day. It's all the things you could have been doing. You know, you could have been going to the gym. You could have been doing yoga. You could have been learning stuff, been finding ways to get happy again. But instead, you're investing all your time in making money so that you can buy shit you're never going to use because you can't take it with you when you're dead. And that's, so that's what we're trying to encourage people to think about. Like the, if you take... If you take yourself out of the equation when people are trying to like keep up with the Joneses and, and have all the best shit so that you can be as good as a dude next door and you just be like, no, I'll let them play that game. I'm good with nothing. I'm good having enough money to eat and live my my life. Then you declutter your mind. Like so if you de- that's what we talk about, like you declutter your house, you declutter your mind. And then the last one's discipline. And discipline's a big one. That's what you're talking about with people who you look at them in the street and you're like, that person doesn't train, they don't eat properly. I, I mean, yes, you don't want to stereotype everyone, but that is an ill-disciplined person. That reflects on how they're going to be. If I, if I have to employ them, if I want to make that person a mate, they're probably going to let me down three times out of, out of four because they're too lazy to do the shit that we want to do. So, and we're not looking at all of this stuff as a negative going, this is where you're going wrong. It's like, these, we're going to give people tools in these areas. We're going to teach you how to increase your personal growth, how to perfect your time management, how to become more minimalistic. And the so big like one, life hacks, biohacks. It is, that's, eight, that's eight what's in the app. It's just biohacks in, in an app, yeah. And, and you put them all together and you've got a holistic mental health tool that just keeps you happy. Which is the plan. <laughs> So, what else do we need to cover off on? Broke down the app. Yeah, I think there's a... Uh... Well, you gotta talk about the own. I gotta go to the toilet quickly. You gotta talk about the ownership stuff because it's all good and well knowing how to do this stuff and it's all good and well having some discipline hacks, but unless you go, all right, this is me that's gotta do this stuff and you gotta own it. Yeah, that sort of comes into that, that, uh, does that, that comes to that, that goal. I thought we were talking about last night, please. There's people that have a turning point. Yeah. People that don't, like we're saying guys in the army, they don't need a turning point a lot of the time. They're just like, they're just going through it, man. There's no reason to change because they don't get to that. You never get the super highs. You never get, we get the super highs doing some cool shit going overseas. You never get the super lows where you're just rock bottom. You have nothing. You you know, you've you've lost your missus because you're an alcoholic. You've lost your mates because... You know, your baggage on the piss. Yeah. You're just at that point, you're sitting at home, you've got nothing, you're just like, fuck, I'm sick. Like, you can get to the point of drinking where you're like, I am sick to death of doing this shit. Yeah. And you've got to get to that point, or people, it's only when people get to that point that they create enough leverage. You think enough with enough education, though, that turning point can come before you get to that point? So you can induce it, yeah, yourself. Yeah. You can go, okay, well, do I need to get to rock bottom, or can I make the decision right now? I don't want to get there. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'm going to change my fucking life right now. Yeah, and there's enough evidence out there because dudes do it all the fucking time. People can check like that, bang. They can change their life in a second. 
Uh, guys going for selection, doing selection training. Guys, you see people and they flip the switch when they're going. And the, the, I guess the switch happens, they sort of pass SFET and they're like, oh, fuck. Oh, I'm doing a selection. Like, holy fuck, it's going to happen now. And you see them, they become completely, their whole sole focus in life is, I'm going to pass selection. And then you can apply that same stuff. So the diggers do it. We do it. Everyone can do it. It's just that instead of applying it to passing selection or, or whatever, you can apply that to bettering yourself, finding out what actually makes you fucking happy in life, and it's having the ownership to do it. So, sorry, can we just pause there? Are you going to lose your train of thought? No. We've got a minor problem. I'm mic'd up. I just went for a piss. <laughs> <laughs> That's still, <laughs> still got sound. So if anyone's watching this and you just watch me get back and you realise for the last 30 seconds the sound dropped out a bit, that's because the main microphone's on me and I just wore it to the toilet. So the gear will get upgraded as we go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've currently got no budgets. We don't have any sponsors. Yeah, so as soon as we've got some, we'll get better mics. So you know anyone wants to sponsor podcast number one, you're good to go. And if you have any uh, good ideas for names and not... not um, podcast McPodcasty or <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't want to call it the Swiss 8 podcast we want it's got to be a little bit different yeah because uh, you want to talk to a bunch of different people so I just jumped in where you were talking about ownership yeah just like making the that, that so ownership comes into part of ownership is is identifying I'm going to change my life right now and I can do it and we spoke about Diggers doing it as an example for selection and, and for people who aren't in the army, that's one of, that's a, a pretty full-on uh, course to go uh, to one of the special forces units. But the, 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 the same thing can be, you have, we're talking about making the decision, having the focus, because all the tools to make the change is inside you. There's no course you can do. No. It's just making the decision that my whole focus is about me being happy. These two tools are all there, but it's not going to change you unless you want it to change you. Yeah. yeah. That's the bottom line. So you can sit at home super depressed and not follow any of the eight principles of Swiss 8. It's not going to help you. Yeah. You have to take the ownership and be like, I'm going to fucking do this today, right now. Yeah, I have a fucking issue and I need to fix it. That's how yeah. I fix it. Yeah. And there's, there's things you can do. There's biohacks. So that we, we talk about, and, and this is going to be a whole separate podcast, uh, neuroplasticity, neuroassociative conditioning, uh, NLP stuff. So there's a whole bunch of, of things you can do that will allow you to, once you make an actual decision, and I, and I think that's what someone's been watered down as well, like, people say they've made a decision about summer, and they fucking have, like, uh, I'm gonna quit smoking, like, are, are you gonna quit smoking, or yeah. would you just like to quit smoking, because I'm gonna fucking quit smoking, because I don't wanna die of cancer. Yeah. You know, it's a, like, and that, so that's where that's where in my mind that's where it becomes an ownership thing because everybody separates the person I am right now and the person I am tomorrow or next week or next year. That's someone else, and so they're going. I'm going to quit smoking, but I'm going to do it next week. And that's like no bullshit. That's not you. That's someone else. That's future you. That means you're saying you want the outcome, you pass but I'm going to pass the buck to that dude, and that's his problem. Next Monday he can start by stopping smoking, or yep. next Monday. Adrian, Monday, two weeks from now, he can start meditating or he can start going to the gym. That's bullshit. That's not you owning your shit. That, that's you passing the buck to someone else. Just because you think that someone else is you, you're like, no, 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 it's still me, but it's not. That's future you. You gotta own it today. If you wanna solve problems, change your belief structure and go, I'm gonna fix this thing now. Yeah, to the door. Oh no, all the doors. If someone three doors down knocks, it sounds like they're knocking here. But 
That's good. Yeah, ownership's a big one. If you, I don't know how many book links you can put in, in the bottom yeah, or wherever right. you put them. But um, Jocko Willink's book, and Jocko Willink, I mean, let's just assume he's never listening to this podcast. Um, I love his stuff. He's still, to me, he sounds like he's still drinking the, the military Kool-Aid, like still very hoorah and stuff like that. So some people aren't a fan of his stuff, but I, I, his, his book, Extreme Ownership, is wicked. Like it breaks it down to a T about if you don't own it 100%, there's a, it's easy to blame everybody else. It's easy to complain. It's easy to go, oh, it's, it's genetics or it's epigenetics or it's, it's just my biology. To, that's why I can't do this. Well, I can't do this because I didn't have a good upbringing. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. do this because I never had the money. I, I mean, can't do this because I didn't have the education. There's a lot of truth in that. There's a lot of, like, it's easy to make that an excuse, but I mean, or you can flip it and go, what can I do? What can I do to change? And that's like everything across the board, relationship breakdowns. Everyone's like, oh, it was my missus is like this. And I'm, I used to be the same. Like I still am kind of, and I've got to work on it. And I'm like, you know, you go, what could I have done better? Yep. What if I didn't snap at that? What if I did this? Like if you, the only thing that you can impact is yourself. So everything else has to be cut away and go, how can I, if I need to get healthy, if I'm getting depressed or if, if I'm in this space and I need to make changes, I can't keep putting it off and making it other people's problems. It's got to be me, and I've got to be the one that sets this structure and, and picks up these tools and runs with it. So it's making a decision, isn't it? Like that is the ownership. It's it's the power of decision and going like that is an actual decision. It's not a like or a wish, or you know, um, yeah, I'll, I'd like to earn more money. Like yeah, you'd like to earn more money, but you don't want to do anything about it. Yeah, you're gonna get there. Goal setting. Stuff like that. Yeah. How am I going to get to making that decision? Yeah, everything everything in life is a choice, and it's it's a one of two things. It's like binary code. It's ones or zeros, left or right, donut, kale shake. Like everything's a decision, and whether you like it or not, if you think that it's Jono's fault for bringing donuts to work, and that's why you ate six of them, no, it's your fault because you were like, I got an option. I can eat six donuts, or I can eat none, and you should have chose none, but you chose six. So it's on you, yeah. it's not on Jono, it's your problem. And you're you the one that's got to yeah. make the change. And if, I mean, and then that's what peer pressure is. So if like, and I'm going like, I'm stepping away from the veteran space and going to like the corporate office space. If someone brings in cake for a birthday, and I'm getting, I've never worked in an office, but I've watched the office, so let's just pretend that's real. <laughs> 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 it happens. They're bringing like, cakes, a oh, thing, right? And how many days in the year, and how many fucking birthdays? Yeah! Day, <laughs> that's what happens. Mm. There's like events, and then they have leftover food from those events. Yeah, and it's never healthy. It always happens. Yeah, and it's like, oh, I've, oh I'll just do it this once. Yeah. And then you do it every, and next week someone else has got a party, and like, oh, I'll just do it this once. Like, that's not, don't blame everyone else for having birthdays. That's on you. You got to own the fact that you're allowed to say no. I'm not having cake today, but some people. It's hard. Well, people get shitty. Like so, they see like super successful people, and they're like, "Oh, that guy just fucking did it." Like you see, got handed to. Him. You got handed to him. Or you see like like Federer. The guy is amazing, and they say, "Oh, the guy's just gifted." Like you don't. You see him playing like the tennis, the the Australian Open or whatever fucking tennis match. You see the 90 minutes he's on the court. You don't see the hours and yeah. hours through the week where he's slogging ball like. Yeah. And you just see like, or you see some super buff dude, you're like, motherfucker, like, yeah. like no, because behind the scenes, genetically enhanced. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's got good genetics. That dude is making the the right decisions every day. Yeah. Calluses on the mind. Oh, mate, we're gonna be. This is gonna be like book club. <laughs> Dave, Dave Goggins' book is unreal. 
but we can we can talk more about that stuff another day. We give people too many books to read in the first week. And then let's be honest, we've only ever read three books in our life, so that's it, we're done. <laughs> There's no more books to recommend. How long have this running now? We've been going for an hour. Alright, we'll, we'll wrap it up in a minute. Before we before we wrap it up, but I do so we went through the fact that the, like the top four principles are fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, and sleep, right? And there's a bunch of research on all these things that, that proves that they reduce anxiety and depression. And the, the, what's recent... Um, yeah, right. But So you can't just do one of these things, yeah? That's the whole process of Swiss Eight holistic, yeah? Yeah, it is. So you can do one of these things once a day, but if you can do all eight of them in a day... That's, that's sort of exponential. Needs to be, yeah. Well, that wasn't where I was going, but we'll jump onto that real quick. So that's right. Like, it's got to be holistic. If, if you read a blog or whatever, or you read an article, or even you read the science behind it and go, high-intensity workouts reduce anxiety. And so you're like, sweet, I'm going to change nothing in my life, but every day I'm going to do a high-intensity workout. That's a positive. But that's not the solution. If you're doing a high-intensity workout, like you go and do a CrossFit, whatever you're going to do, and then you straight the and then you smash it. piss, smoke dubs, eat cheeseburgers, and and that's the rest of your life. You don't meditate. You sleep two hours a night because you're up all night partying. That high-intensity workout's not going to sort your shit out. Like we got to look at this. And the problem with the old-fashioned studies were there's only ever allowed to be one variable. Everything else has to be you know, controlled. You've got to test the hypothesis. Yeah, like, so you've got to go, does this work? And you're like, is anyone asking these guys in your study whether they're smoking dabs, eating cheeseburgers, or sleeping no, at we all? Just, we just tested this metric. All is, we're worried about, Do you yeah. do sick, high-intensity workouts? Does it make you feel better? Yeah, And they're like, yeah. no, not me. And the other guy's like, well, I do. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, the, the science is, you, we've got to believe that it, it comes from like a solid foundation, but it's got, we've got to start looking at this shit from a holistic angle. Anyway, what, what I was getting at was like, it used to be um, that that fitness, nutrition and mindfulness, especially like sleep more and more now as well. But they used to be used by clinicians, by psychologists and psychiatrists as like, an alternate or a secondary thing. So come to me, we're gonna talk you through it, we're gonna medicate you, whatever we're gonna do. And don't get me wrong, psychs and psychologists and psychiatrists do a wicked job, but their primary treatment method was X. And they're like, and if you've got time, we've heard some studies, yeah, like, okay. do some money, yeah, do, do a bit of this. Whereas recently, um, Rhonda, Patrick, uh, Rhonda Patrick just put this up like about a month ago, showing that there's a, a study that's come out within the last three months showing that fitness or high intensity workouts should be used as a primary treatment method. And that's exactly where we're getting at. We're not saying if you're super depressed and anxious and, and you've got dramas right now, all you need to do is go and train and eat properly. But we're saying this stuff should be looked at as go and see a psych, but don't do fitness, change your diet and, and start meditating as a secondary thing. That has to be up there as on par with whatever you're doing, that has to be fixed. And that's where we're coming from. Because I think that's what, so, I mean, I failed selection the second time, right? I went through a relationship breakdown and I was in the locker, right? I was depressed and it was only the routine of training and doing two years of solid training. Then no matter what, and I put myself in some stakes drinking, I, I hit the bottle pretty hard. And then uh, it was only through routine and discipline, which we can talk about in, in future podcasts, that they're getting up at four in the morning every morning and it doesn't matter what state I was in, I'd still get up and I'd still go and flog myself and I'd feel better, but it was, it was never really a, and then that night, ex, mm. like spot on, lived experience, I'd go and get on the piss again. Mm. And so it was just, you, all you're doing is just maintaining this, this never ending yeah. you know, cycle of shit. Yeah, yeah. So 
the last thing I wanted to bring up before we, I don't know if you want to wrap it up, if we, we could just keep drawing off all night. But the, the, the you want yeah. yeah. I think we finally hit the flow state. Yeah. <laughs> But the big, the big thing that um, we were talking about before, and we, we shot a whole video on this, and then we realised it was like super forced. But it was about anxiety, yeah. and like what anxiety is, what it feels like when you get it, and why you're getting it, and then what you can do about it. And I guess we've we've jumped ahead and gone what you can do about it. Fitness is a wicked one for anxiety, and and doing high intensity workouts reduces your cortisol and stuff. And I think we need to go back and quickly, without forcing it into a camera, just explain to people because. Out of that study, out of that survey we did last week, it was like 80% of people, 80% of veterans that transition out uh, experience, I might even be higher, I'll have to double check. We can't, um, hang on, we're we gonna stop while we're doing, changing batteries or? Um, I don't have batteries. Nah, just, this one's all good. You good? Good now. So. No, <laughs> turn it on. <laughs> was that shooting? Yeah, no, I was shooting the whole time. It's just, uh, Australians when they make cameras they just think like some most cameras only shoot for like 29 minutes at a cap for some reason yeah yeah, yeah. Like commercial purposes that's right do we have that one on yeah that one's been on the whole time yeah sweet so Mexican um what was I talking about anxiety right so what were the three the three things we wanted to cover off from before was what is what it, it, what it feels like when you get it yeah what physically what's happening and then what was the last one what the army does oh yeah, in the, yeah all right so I'll, do, I'll go through the first one. So what it feels like when you're getting anxiety. Oh, oh no, your, mate, mate. I'll tell you. You're all over it? Yeah. I'll talk yeah. about what anxiety feels like. So we tried to do this, uh, this, <laughs> and I, I can talk to people, right? And and so we talk about perceived pressure and, and uh, actual pressure. And so I'm sitting here, I can, um, I'm, I'm generally a pretty good public speaker. And then for whatever unlogical, illogical reason, uh, as soon as you put a camera in there, I started self-destructive for no reason whatsoever. I started getting my heart rate, my rest rate, went up uh your what right your rest rate that's what you used before <laughs> respiratory, respiratory rate, rate. <laughs> so everything started going up and um i started triggering literally and, and you can talk about this in a second a fight or flight response about trying to shoot a fucking video yeah right and and that's that's what happened they're the, they're the physical things and then um you know you start into that self-destructive you start listening to the little man inside who is just you just just self-defeating going like it's just destructive introspective thoughts where you're yeah. just like yep and you just jump on that merry-go-round yeah. and you cook yourself um, yeah for me i get sweaty man like i think i've told you this before like i can't go to hairdressers anymore because I, I i hate small talk <laughs> and it's, small talk makes me anxious because i'm like I, unless it's something that's meaningful and kind of deep like i don't really need i'm an introvert man so i don't need more friends and last thing I'm going to a hairdresser for is making a new friend. I'd be happy just to sit there and cut my hair. Don't talk to me, please. <laughs> but as soon as I sit in the chair and I'm like, it's like I'm, the cab I'm driver trapped. in the morning, like, don't say it, don't say yeah. it. That was your day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I sit in the chair and they put that thing around my neck. All right, that's a trap for starters. And then I'm like, I'm stuck here for the next 20 minutes. There's no escape because it's socially unacceptable for me to tear this off and go running out of a hairdresser halfway <laughs> yeah, through a haircut. haircut. And then you've got a shit haircut. <laughs> So straight away, I'm like, all right, I'm trapped. And I start sweating profusely. And I, I don't know if that's biological because being Swiss, like if you've got a fight or flight response, chances are it's gonna be cold and you need to get warm your body heat up. But I get super hot and start sweating. But, and that's what we're looking at before. It's like, it's all cortisol. Cause as soon as cortisol gets released and goes to your brain, you're in trouble. And so, so my bit in that last talk was to talk about like why are we physically getting these cortisol responses like to make us, anxi make us anxious? Um, and it all stems back to when we were tribal, 
hunter-gatherer people. This feels super rehearsed now. They've no, done it a hundred no, times. No, it's not coming out that way. But it just feels that way. So we, we were hunter-gatherer tribal-type people. There was always shit that was trying to kill us. There was always animals out there or there was other tribes or, or, or bigger, badder people that were going to come and murder you in your sleep. And so we had this, or anywhere, and you have this natural stress response that goes, there's a threat, cortisol gets released, your body, your heart rate goes up, you prep to fight, right? Or you prep to run away, whatever it is, fight or flee. And that's natural. And then you either fight that thing to death or you run away from it and you get safe and your parasympathetic nervous system kicks so, so, in. So you're, all, you're either exerting so you're exerting the energy that's building up, right? So you're either fighting this thing or you're running. Or you're legging it, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and that's where, so if you fight it and you just, yeah, both of them, like you said, like I think that's where you're getting at is massive energy, yeah, energy exertion. Yep. Um, then you win and you tell your brain, all right, I'm safe, that thing's dead or I'm, I've escaped. Yeah, the threat's gone. Yeah, yeah. And then you, it, it, it flips from fight or flight response to I'm going to forget this rest, di- rest or digest, which is where you can you can calm down, relax. You're allowed the blood's allowed to go back to your guts. You're allowed to keep processing food, um, and that's when your cortisol drops down naturally because your body is in a state of rest or digest because you're safe. Now, if there's no threat, if there's no animals trying to eat you, there's no other tribes trying to kill you, and it's all in your mind, and it's all just perceived threat, then all of the, the fight or flight symptoms kick off. Your cortisol goes up, your heart rate goes up, you get sweaty or whatever it is f- for you, but there's no actual threat, so there's no come down. Yeah, so so you're stuck in this state of, of, of chronic high cortisol. So how do you fucking turn it off? And that's, well, that's what fitness does. That was a very good leading question. I'll, I can answer that one. Thank you. That's, a, that's where you use... Good. Yeah, <laughs> Nailed it. You use, uh, you use stuff like high-intensity fitness to mimic fighting or fleeing. So you think about CrossFit workouts. It is literally you work flat stick until the point where you kind of want to pass out and then you stop because you finish the workout. And that's where your body's like flat stick, flat stick, flat stick, burning cortisol as you're going, and then you're like, all right, workout's done, and that's when you trigger that safe response, and it brings your rest of your cortisol down, and you go back to natural like brain chemistry. And that's that's what we need to be doing, because we can't if we're getting anxious all the time, yes, you need to go and speak to a psych and find out what it was in your childhood, what it was through your military career, that is cause right, or triggering there that. can be some chemical imbalances too, that, that, yeah, that yeah. just some people just have anxiety. Like, it could be, a thing like a chemical imbalance in the brain that they can they can fix yeah through through maybe you know don't say medication i mean i'm not a psychiatrist but let's never condone drugs just straight up just just driving people there's got to be a difference there's there's science behind why they do it and i get like there is there is conditions that need like medical enhancements or or drugs but let's just not condone them yeah because if that's if that's the only solution you've got that's your box tick Sweet, I just give that that guy's got anxiety. Let's just give him three months worth of Xanax. That's not a problem just, solved, mate. That's just putting the blinkers on and pretending it's going to go away. Whereas you go start training every day. If you got real bad anxiety and you're doing smashing yourself in the gym, again, you need to go and find out what is the root cause of it. But at least that's going to make your life livable. So at least you know 
what's happening and, and what I'm going through when this is happening. I'm not having a fucking heart attack. Yeah. I'm, uh, oh, it's, this is a panic attack. I understand. Attack. I understand. And, yeah. Right, so what's, and then you can start, like, what's causing it. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the big one. That's what we want to make people like, out there that are going, like, I'm not even sure. I don't even know what anxiety is. Um, I just know that when I go out in public and I sit in a room full of people, my heart goes through the roof and I think I'm about to die. Like, no, nah, it's not a heart attack, dude. You're just having a, an anxiety attack. Yeah. So that's what's actually... Which is super common, hey. Super, say, uh, one in four? One in five. One in five Australians admit to having... So the stats say one in five Australians have a mental health issue. Anxiety and depression are the two highest. Um, but let's be honest, that's the dudes who will get diagnosed. So you gotta put, the way the system works, as we discussed before, you gotta put your hand up, say I think there's something wrong with me, come forward, go and see someone, and then get diagnosed to become one of those stats. But, but it's I've had anxiety, you've had anxiety, you've had anxiety, every other mate that I've got has had anxiety at some time. So that's 100% of the people that I know have had anxiety. anxiety. And they're not statistics because I've never been diagnosed, neither of you, neither of you, I don't know, just assuming. But every, mate, it's it's, it's a society. But like what we spoke about at the start, it's an epidemic. I think that the the mental health problems in the Western world, like we need to identify everything. So not just veterans, not just social. I'm talking like, it's the mum and dad that go to work every day, work five hours a day, eight to five, just grinding out the fucking hundred percent, and they're fucking miserable. Like if you go to work, and this is a, this is a rant, but if you go to work, so so seven days in the week, I'm good at maths. Five of those days you spend at work in a job you don't want to fucking do. Eight hours of the day of sixteen that you're awake if you're doing it right. So half of your waking day, you are miserable at work. Five days a week out of seven. And then you use those two days on the weekend, one Friday night, to get shit-faced to forget your week. (laughs) Super hungover, Saturday, Sunday, get ready for work. Monday, here we fucking go again. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we we need to talk about, um, not not tonight, but um, in a future podcast, we've got to talk about the whole um, breakdown in in connections with humans and the fact that we do drugs and alcohol to escape reality. It's not not because we're addicted to drinking beers, or it's not, and again, let's just tell people this is a couple of beers on a Friday night we're not alcoholics but people aren't smashing piss every night round the clock because they love the flavour of beer or because they're chemically addicted to beer I mean that has a there's a real small part in it but there's dudes out there now doing studies going drug addiction is because you want to escape reality and you hold it we want to wrap this up anyway yeah we're wrapping up real fucking quick do we Oh, because that other one's still on. Well, that's going to put my own microphone so that again. Oh, the other camera? Yeah, it's definitely under the one. Oh, Max is going to wrap it up so we can just check that camera back on. Did we lose? How many? Did we lose hours on that one? Or? No. Nothing. No. Oh, good. Like, when you hear that noise, that was it. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. So, uh, Lockie, reload. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're back. On. So, what, so for the next one, I don't know. Down the track, maybe not the very next one, but you should look at getting on someone who's had a drug or alcohol problem and talk to them about why and how yeah, they got yeah. through it and stuff yeah. like that. Because that's a, that's a kind of thing that a lot of podcasts aren't doing. Everyone, everyone's worried about going, we can't... All right, so we're a mental health charity and 
We want to bring on some ambassadors that have had some serious mental health dramas. That means they've fucked up hard in life. They've done heaps of drugs or they've done some stupid shit, got in trouble with the law. And everyone's advising us at the moment, going, nah, be careful, stay away from those people. They've got a bad rep. And we're like, hang on a minute. Like, is, isn't that like bullshit if we're saying we're here to help people that have got dramas, but we've got to stay away from people with dramas because they've got dramas? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So that's what we need to do. We need to find, and we've got plenty of mates that we know that have, had dramas with drugs in the past, got through it. We should get them on to have a chat. Yeah, like, why? Interesting conversations. Mm. Right, so uh, we, we've, we're going to wrap it up. That's I think we're pushing an hour and 20 minutes now. Hopefully, you fucking enjoyed listening to uh, me, Adrian, and Lockie talk shit for, for an hour and 20 minutes. Um, we're just covering off. We, we covered off on, on what we what is we say and, and why we're doing it and just some of the real key intro points um, and what anxiety is and and, uh, and that. So uh, from here, guys, uh, I guess that is- Do you want to thank the sponsors or? Yeah, I'll just thank the sponsors. The federal the- government, the state. Oh, neither, nah, <laughs> there's none of them. <laughs> Anyone, uh, feel free, pass this on, share it. Uh, we try to get it around, disseminate it, and then we'll start building content for the next one uh, and start rolling. And if, if you've got anyone that you know that wants to have a chat to us, um, drop comments and let us know and we'll, we'll reach out to them. Uh, and if you want, so can I bang up the email? Yeah, info at swiss8.org. Info at swiss8.org if you've got any suggestions or just bang in the comments box. And uh, also, yeah. Subscribe. That might like be a thing. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. The more people we get around it, the, more, the better people we can get on. Mm. And it's something we're lacking at the moment in Australia. Yeah. We get some really interesting people on. Go. It'd be a good thing. Yeah, and if you, right. really, if you really want to help out, go to swiss8.org and there's a big donate button in the top right corner. Mm. Um, and that's not, that's, anyone can donate money, but don't, don't donate your savings if you're a veteran and you've got no money. Just, we, we push that out there. If there's companies listening or if you've got a big bank full of cash, they're the kind of people we want to get money off. Not due to a living paycheck to paycheck and eating at the mess because they can't afford baked beans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. The end. Awesome.